3: You're listening to From the Cheap Seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. You may not like your seats, but you'll love the show.
4: Welcome to From the Cheap Seats, everybody. I'm Chris DeLambert, Brandon Atkins, Professor Trent Nichols, and my good friend, actor, comedian, author, and overall good guy. David Shabazz is here to hang out with us for a little bit. What's
0: going on, guys? Morning. People can't drive in the mornings. Do you ever notice it's worse in the mornings? Like, I'm behind somebody, and they're turning into, like, some drive, and it's always this, like, I don't know, LeBaron or Malibu, and he's cradling it in there like it's a freaking Benzo or a Bentley. I'm like, dude, get your piece of crap out of the way, man. <laughs> Dude, how are you going to talk about a LeBaron that way? Come on. It used to I'm, be good back in the day. Look, I'm
4: guilty. I I don't sleep a lot, but it takes me a little while to like shake the dust off, knock cobwebs out. Yeah. If I leave the house within about half an hour of having woke up, it's hit or miss. I could be taken out. You know, mailboxes. I don't know. I might as well be driving drunk, I think. I'm I'm like really groggy when I wake up. So huh. it takes me a little while. So I tend to it's a process waking up for me. Yeah. I'll get out of bed at, you know, seven o'clock and leave the house about nine because I'm kinda going through the motions, you know. Trent,
0: have you ever so ridden shotgun with uh Chris driving before? I have not. All right. He keeps the brake industry alive. That dude will break going seventy-five miles per hour, and I'm like, "Oh, he's not going to stop for this!" Like, I've been,
3: see, I've been in the back seat that one time, oh, yeah. but we were basically on the highway where I didn't get the the act. I don't know what Mr. Atkins is talking. About.
4: I really don't. I don't have any idea. My wife, however, is a very late breaker, so when we're traveling. She's not allowed to operate in metropolitan areas. Hmm. So we went to Georgia this weekend, yep. drove down through God's country and through a lot of places that I'm 100% certain we don't have any listeners in <laughs> because they have zero G service
3: <laughs> through
4: the entire stretch of farmland. That was, it actually changed our route. We went down the rural route and saved a little bit of time. It's scenic and all the rest of this. But then as we got ready to come back, we're like, dude, we didn't have any, no service anywhere the whole time. So we're going to go back. We're going to go through Charlotte. We're going to go through Atlanta. Did uh, you
0: uh, stop off by the dome and pick up some Chick-fil-A? No, but I would
4: had I been there on Saturday. But, of course, Sunday is closed. But, no, we would. that's how we kind of map our, our routes out. Is she'll drive until we get to within half an hour of Charlotte or Atlanta or wherever. And then I'll take over and get us through, and then she'll Sunday drive through the, you know, the more rural parts. How, it's how it's a good, it's a good partnership.
5: How is not having service anywhere in America nowadays even possible?
4: I don't know, it's Trump's fault. I don't know. I, no, it, it is amazing because it, you know we live in a relatively small city. Yeah. And we fuss because there's a dead spot out on Colvin Road. You know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. When you're on the bypass and you get back Colon Road, within about, you know, 30 seconds of either side of it, you're going to lose service no matter what's going on. And we grumble about it. Ah! Dude, we were out there for an hour at a time with zero service.
0: Dude, there's a spot on Carbenton Road that it needs to be have its own episode of X-Files. It just goes away. <laughs> like, please investigate why that is. It's got to be some alien... Intervention. They've taken out one of our satellites that services that one spot. We should do a fundraiser to put a tower right there at that spot. (laughs) Right there. Or just like, you know, great clips, they always put like a guy dressed up like a gorilla. Out there to sell stuff, just have a guy hold like some Timphile like up it. in the air or something, whatever we got to get Tim to get a hotspot.
3: That's we'll what Steal I was a hotspot and throw it out the window right there. We've got those little Wi Fi
4: boosters in the house, you know, and you just plug them into the wall and they boost the signal and everything's perfect. That's all we have to do. We just need to buy, I don't know, 30 or 40 big long extension cords. There we go. And plug them in. Surely we can find a power source somewhere. We can run it out somebody's window out their back porch. And then we'll have the gorilla suit guy. Done. Just holding the little Wi-Fi booster. I can dig it. He can
0: sell $15 haircuts and help people get service. Get their taxes done. Yeah.
3: (laughs) Sell your gold here. (laughs) There's no limit
4: to the marketing opportunities. (coughs) That's why you're my business partner, man. Yeah, man. I love it.
0: Dude, I'm all over the Taking all, over the world one uh, adventure at a time. That's we cool. need some more listeners, so tell all your friends so we can you know, afford all those extension cords.
4: <laughs> Dude, we just need a guy in a gorilla suit to hold up a sign. Okay. From the cheap seats. Listen to From the Cheap Seats. It's, it's done. Kay. That's going to happen. You know that's going to happen.
0: Okay, done.
4: So you've been thinking about, talking about people in costumes, you've been thinking about different Hallow- Halloween options. Yeah. You know, and there does come a time where as a grown man, you there's a tipping point. There's a point in your life where you, the type of costume that you have to wear has to change. Right. You know what I mean? All of us, I think, go through something in our 20s where we do the wild and out thing and we're going to the parties or whatever the case might be. But now we all have kids. Yeah. So it has to be in a certain tasteful
0: zone. Yeah. I was cool yo, one time in college. Nice. <laughs> Just to give you a little taste of where I used to be. Wow. And so I was telling the guys earlier, I'm either going to be one of two options. I'm either going to be um, the ghost of Hugh Hefner. So there's that.
3: Excellent.
4: Is it too soon?
0: No, it's not too soon. That guy lived a blessed life. That's true. That's true. And, or I'm going to be Chris DeLambert. So I'm going to find a beard. Here's, Here's the formula to Chris DeLambert I find a beard. I wear a pair of aviator glasses, I f- fake chain smoke cigarettes, <laughs> and I say, you can go ahead and cancel Christmas.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so, wait, but Brandon, are you That's worried? all there is to it. I'm a simple guy. Are you worried, though, that people are going to think that you're Teen Wolf?
5: Oh, wow. <laughs> no, <laughs> man.
3: Wow. I get no respect. I'm going to be old Rodney Dangerfield.
4: That
5: was good. That was good.
4: So, Dredd, if you were going to dress as one person for Halloween, whether it's a celebrity or somebody you know, who would it be?
3: Well, duh. I already had the crystal amber thing ah! laid out, man. Nice.
0: Did Gosh. he leave anything out? There is one element I did leave, leave out. Chris has got a certain sashay strut to his walk. Have you ever noticed that? Yeah.
3: That's why you gotta... my wife married me.
4: She's
0: like, dude, I don't know if I like anything else about you, but you got a cool wall.
3: See, but I don't know if you have the short game because his shorts is what would make the outfit.
0: I got plenty of shorts, man. I
3: don't know, I'm, man. I'm rolling some this shorts. The
4: only guy I know, this is the only grown man that I know that wears shorts more often than I do. Well, yeah, I know, but are
3: they Crystal Lambert worthy? Because he he get he's Aww.
0: That's a good point. My shorts game could probably use an improvement if I'm going to I mean, to I couldn't them. even find
3: them at Cole's, so I was actually going to talk about Purchasing clothes so he could give me a hint so I could finish that outfit. But if you're going to do it, then I'll have to adjust. I'm going to have to figure out what I could do. But Trent,
4: my mom buys my clothes.
3: Dang. Well, your mom, <laughs> she has very good taste, then. Not really, but my mom really does dig it when we mention her on the show. So there you go. How you doing, Mom? Love you. She's probably better at buying your clothes. Well, no. She's really good at sports analysis. Yep. And she's just as good. picking out your shorts
4: well here's the thing when mom buys me clothes it's probably going well it's invariably going to be at christmas time and it'll be a jersey of some sort yeah and you know i'm a jersey fiend as you know evidenced (sighs) by the stuff on the walls I got more jerseys than a little bit. So, yeah, if I get a box in the mail that's a certain shape or size around Christmas time, I know what's coming.
0: i got her figured out. Do you still get, like, if she's buying you clothes during Christmas, do you still get that package that you know or, like, briefs that you haven't (laughs) worn since you were, like, eight? So I made a huge mistake one year. I always
3: try to guess the presents, and my daughters pick out for me. And... I shake a box and I'm like, you know what's the worst present is when somebody buys you underwear for Christmas and my daughter's face is just sunk. Oh and I opened it up and sure as heck there were boxers in there and I felt so guilty that now I can't make any bad jokes. Yeah you can't do
4: that. I did exactly the same thing. I did exactly the same thing a few years ago. I got a box and one of my daughters asked me to guess what it is, and I shook it, and I said, if this is a, if this is another tie, I'm swinging on somebody. <laughs> <laughs>
3: wow.
4: And needless to say, I knew what it was before I opened uh, it because her face went yeah uh,
0: white as a sheet. Well, I will say, when you get boxers for Christmas, you're like, uh oh, thanks, and yeah. you quickly throw it to the side. But isn't it dope when you have boxers that you don't have to pay for? That I is, hate buying underwear. Man, what,
4: dude. That's something. That, let's get in the underwear business. It's so under it's overpriced, but you're talking about you're talking about clothes. And I have to tell a story. One of my children, who shall remain nameless, I'll tell you off the air which one it was. Okay, was receiving presents from a grandparent at the same time as two of this child's siblings. So there's three kids there, and they're getting presents. The one child who will be the oldest child gets money. The youngest of the three kids that are there is getting video games and toys, and the middle child Uh gets clothes. Nice. Ah. And the middle child picks up this bag of clothes, packages, throws it on the floor with the grandparent there sitting, horrified, and says, clothes, and storms off. Oh, Ah. That so child, we had to have a teaching moment there. Uh,
3: that child scarred forever. Well, the best part is. So are the grandparents.
4: Well, the best part is is that all of our children were together for Christmas that day because these gifts were in advance. We were about to travel. All seven of our kids were together, and the kids decided to clown him mm-hmm. because when we got out and we we do the traditional Christmas, sitting around one gift at a time, mm-hmm. all the rest of it, and we set it up so that my youngest daughter opened one of the first presents, and it was a sweater, and she stood up and threw it down on the floor and <laughs> stormed out, and everybody had a good laugh at that particular child's expense, who shall remain nameless. That
0: is funny. What up, Bill? Yeah, my oldest birthday is coming up. <laughs> oh, you just called him out. Yeah, oh. Just pulled a Greta. Just <laughs> drop name dropped Yeah, my, it was hysteric. No, was a we're not going to
3: show this replay.
5: <laughs> yeah, <you're laughs> right. yeah,
4: yeah. For those of you at home, it's far too gruesome. We're not going to reshow it,
3: except this one time, and then we're yeah, not going to yeah. show it anymore,
4: except from this angle.
3: But I will say this: the NBA or uh, ESPN or TNT, they didn't say we're not going to show this Gordon Hayward thing, and they showed it a ton that well, day that Gordon got hurt. They did. They not really flip on that, but. I know that there were different angles of it that
4: could have showed it more graphically. Watching it live, they did a good job. Yeah, they really did a good job. Um, it was just a bad situation, and I tell you, almost as bad as seeing the injury itself was seeing the reactions of the players. Yeah, and sometimes we forget these are humans; these are real people, and to see their reactions and the tears and some of the guys who couldn't bring themselves to look, it lets you know this is. I mean, that's a big, a big deal. You know, know maybe I
5: mean, may, may, maybe I was. Uh, f- sick sense of humor, but that's the funniest part for me is whenever there's a basketball injury, watching the the, the reaction of the guys on the bench where they go, and they they start, I mean, a lot of them will start throwing up or crying, and I, I find it hilarious. (laughs) what yeah you don't have a you don't have a soul i guess not (laughs) well i
4: did
3: say watching the replay i was showing it to my wife on the on my phone and i said now, now watch it again, but watch this guy's reaction because he turned around and like immediately covered his face. So maybe I'm a little sick too, but it is like you know how bad it is by their reaction. All right, we'll talk about
4: more on the other side. You're listening from
0: the Cheatsies.
3: Krista Lambert, Brandon Atkins, two American Patriots trying to make sports talk radio great again. The V Foundation and board member Robin Roberts are dedicated to declaring victory over cancer by funding cutting edge research.
0: Jim Valvano's greatest legacy is the V Foundation. You can help join the fight, give the gift of time. We need passion, we need teamwork and momentum. The time to act is now. There's not a moment to lose.
3: Every dollar counts. Every day counts. To find out how you can join us to defeat cancer, please visit jimmyv.org.
6: Welcome back to From the Sheep's Welcome back. I don't remember
4: what we talked about. Halloween costumes. There's a bunch of other cool stuff. So. The big announcement over the weekend, and I'm I'm not surprised, I don't suppose. But Justin Timberlake's going to play the halftime show of the Super Bowl this year.
0: Bringing sexy back. Yeah. (laughs) Just like that.
4: So, (laughs) first of all, I want to get your snap judgments. Good, bad, or indifferent.
0: Awesome. Anytime JT shows up, it's a good show.
4: Yeah. I'm all right with it. Awesome. Awesome. Okay, I agree. I've seen Have any of you guys seen Justin Timberlake live? No. no. I'm not a, an enormous Justin Timberlake fan. I happen to be married to one, and I did go see him at PNC a couple of years ago, and he is legitimately one of the best four or five entertainers I've ever seen ever. So I'm certain that the show is going to be good. My question is, what's your favorite Super Bowl performer?
0: Mm. I've already told y'all some <laughs> mine and y'all clown me um well I that's think, what
4: we do around here because usually what you say is ridiculous
0: you know i could say you know paul mccartney or something like that but it's katie perry she rocked the casbah when she went in, and when she rolled out missy elliott the whole house exploded look dude we gotta we had a rain we we had a bunch of i was at At my mom and dad's house. So you got nothing but a bunch of white people in there for the holiday, you know, for the holiday season. And Missy Elliott came out on stage. And we were all up and dancing and jumping around and acting a fool. It it, it was an ugly sight if you could have seen it. But I'm just saying, off rhythm, but Missy
4: Elliott came in there and it
2: was just
0: off the hook, bro.
4: I have a new mission in life. I am going to create... A graphic of you and the shark dancing. <laughs> okay. right together. I like that. That's a heck of a visual.
3: Trip, you have any favorites to jump out? See, I was looking at the list, and I, I don't know. I guess I must be doing something else because none of them, I none of them strike me as. Oh yeah, I really enjoyed that. So I must not watch the halftime show enough. Really. I must be eating or feeding my, you know, stuff in my face, or I watched the commercials, I enjoy that, but I must be doing something else during halftime that nothing – I don't remember any of them. I'm not going to sit here and lie and be like, oh, yeah, Prince was the best. Even even Janet Jackson's costume failure? I think I missed it. What? I think I did. I think I saw the – tried to find the video later, but the Broncos might have been in that one. I literally
4: was sitting watching that and – Made the statement when it happened. I think I just saw Janet Jackson's
0: boob. Yes. and I did. You think JT's going to bring LaToya to this one? Well,
4: that's where I was kind of going with this was LaToya. (laughs) 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 I guess Justin has finally made amends. You know, he's just outlived all of the grief that he caused for the NFL. Because in the end, it was him... They created the wardrobe malfunction.
0: Yeah. I think Roger Goodell wants JT to pull everybody's shirts off to create a diversion for all the crap he's got going on right now in the league.
4: Here's my question. Is there any chance that Justin Timberlake, during the midst of his show, calls Ezekiel Elliott up onto stage and Ezekiel Elliott pulls
0: Justin Timberlake's shirt up? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or wouldn't it be better if jt just put a shirt on ezekiel ezekiel elliot nice like cover up Ooh. his midriff bro not a good look man it's it's played come just, on dude you're come on just because you're playing half a season this year doesn't mean you have to wear half a shirt
4: <laughs> <laughs> i don't know man i'm gonna believe that he's suspended
3: when i see him not playing football so Super Bowl thirty eight was when uh, the Janet Jackson mishap. It was the Panthers losing to the Patriots. Ugh. It was on February first of two thousand and four. February first is my daughter's birthday. I don't think I watched that Super Bowl. To be honest with you, what? Yeah, I don't think I don't think I watched it. Hmm. You're a bad painful. American. Yeah,
0: it was painful. It's one of those. It was one of those typical Brady wins another Super Bowl because Casey. One of the all-time best kickers for the Panthers decides to kick a kickoff out of bounds and put him on the 45. And then the rest is history, you know. Mm-hmm. Brady's, you know, like a hero because some dude kicked a long field goal. Yeah, he
3: was Super Bowl
0: MVP that year. so We should have won that one. That was when Steve Smith had his breakout year. Well, you're, now, I'm talking, not bitter.
3: About, you're
4: talking about the Patriots. And, and I, man, I, we thought a month ago we could write these guys off, and that the defense had fallen apart, that Belichick couldn't super glue and chicken wire this thing back together. And then on Sunday night, they come out and deliver a beat down to Matt Ryan and the Atlanta Falcons. And it was funny because you would have thought if there was a team in this game that quote-unquote had something to prove, it was Atlanta. Sure. You know, Atlanta choked away a Super Bowl championship to these guys, and I'm I, I'm amazed at how flat they came out, and I'm not certain that things might not be spiraling out of control with the coaching staff there. Mm-hmm. That's my feelings. Their offensive the coordinator, not just the coordinator, but the head coach, the whole staff, because you've obviously. <clears throat> Got the talent there. That team on paper should be better this year than it was last year, and they played in the Super Bowl. Well, yeah, if,
3: if you tra- if you historically look at it, the team that loses the Super Bowl generally doesn't make the playoffs the next year. So ultimately, if you're kind of that history repeats itself kind of person, we should have expected it. But, but Julio, Jones, box Julio Jones has two pass attempts in the red zone. How many fantasy People out there are getting killed because Julio's not getting it done. He's not passing it. Their offense looks bad. They they lost their offensive coordinator. That got them to the Super Bowl, no matter what anybody says. And, yeah, they are struggling. And this might end up costing their head coach uh, his job because this Super Bowl hangover doesn't look like it's going to end.
0: You know, Arthur Blank may have to, like, take those – beers and start just giving them away in the crowds.
3: And I think that that game, I mean, I think the Atlanta Falcons are just
0: as foggy as that game was. Well, I mean, the thing about the Patriots, which makes them so impressive, is, you know, everybody feels like, oh, this is the year they're going to be out. And they've managed to figure it out somewhere during the season. And they've been the most constant thing in the NFL that I think, maybe in the history of the NFL, look at they beat the falcons look at the nfc south who started who, who this year at the beginning of the year thought the saints would be in sole position of first place in the nfc south but and that's the thing though right now the nfl is all messed up
3: i mean the bears beating the panthers there's so many different random games the giants killing the Broncos and making them look horrible, which could be just a trend. Kansas but, City losing two in a row. <laughs> Kansas City losing two in a row, and Oakland all of a sudden coming back and pulling out that victory. In the end, though, I feel like it's going to shake down. It's going to be the same competitors in there. And the thing is, yeah, people were kind of doubting the Patriots. Maybe they're on the decline. They're going to be right there in the end. You okay, let's You know? But, let's... but,
5: but would, would the Saints have won yesterday if Rodgers was playing? No.
3: But
4: Rogers is not playing, and that's just how it works. So here let's let's do this a little more systematically. Okay. You're talking about the Patriots. The Patriots at five and two are half a game up on Buffalo and Miami. Yeah. I cannot believe Miami's four and two. <laughs> we I don't, really don't I, it's unbelievable to me. True. But
0: you can't blame it on Cutler now. No, but we, we, called it. It. Well, we called it. We called it. hey listen. If Cutler was still in there, he's got an injury, we were well on our way to our 10 wins, were we not, yeah. Trent? To- and they would have, they could potentially be in the playoffs just like
3: we said.
4: I well, love
5: I love Cutler. I'm a Cutler fan.
3: Well, you're an idiot too, then.
5: <laughs>
4: <laughs> Listen, the the Dolphins, to my eyeballs, are as bad are the worst four and two team I think I've ever seen. I don't know how they're doing this. But they are. Now I'm going to tell you they've got an issue coming down the pipe. Matt Moore is tired of being passed over and passed over and passed over, and it showed. If you watched the press conference from the other night, he was asked, "So if Cutler's ready to go, you know what? Are you, how are you going to react?" And he didn't even pretend to be okay with that.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: He's not okay with the fact they brought him in in the first place. He felt like that was his job, and Matt Moore has played okay football the problem is in this day and age you've got to be more than playing okay football to be competitive in the NFL. So, I, Jay Cutler's not the answer out there. No. Um Ryan well, Matt, Tannehill, they've got to be, you know.
0: Matt Moore is not either goals. though. Matt well, Moore had a little, little I agree with you. had a little stint with the Panthers. He's awful. Jay Cutler, if he's injured and
3: he's going to be out an extended amount of time, he might as well just go back and retire. I mean, honestly, because I agree. He's not performing. He can't perform. This was a fluke thing that both of them – it's a big mistake. I'm sure the Dolphins regret. Well,
4: and I'm sure that every time he takes a breath for the next week and a half, he's going to be considered in it. And I only mean that to be halfway funny. Broken ribs suck. Mm-hmm. Okay, wait There's a minute. No, I mean, you can't stop breathing. So, literally, every time he takes a breath and that that twinge comes – He's got to be thinking. But, I don't really want to. But do this are story. they that sorry?
0: I mean, they Ooh. they only paid him Miami. They only paid him ten million dollars. Which Chris, well, Chris pointed out that that's not that much money in today's NFL. And at week seven, they're one game out of their division.
3: Ten million dollars is better is more money than half the starting quarterbacks make right now. Yeah, that's ten million dollars they could have invested or saved. In a way, wait a minute, but you can't save
4: it. I mean, it's not like it rolls over like that. Well, anyway. no, I'm. And they're not missing any meals. Look, you're talking about billionaire owners, $10 yeah. million dollars drop in the bucket. But I do think that it's hard to argue with Brandon's point because even though Cutler's played like crap, they've managed to fumble their way to 4-2. and two. They've had a – it's crazy. I mean, everything is sort of aligned for them to be 4-2, and two, and Cutler was part of that equation, for better well, and or worse. If you,
0: if you look at the record, the Buffalo Bills can only win at home. You know, Miami's winning games on the road as well, like winning at home and on the road. And I think everybody was worried about New England because they dropped those two at home, well, which they almost never do.
4: Here's the thing, and this is this is kind of – it's a bizarre thing to say, but the NFL had been getting closer and closer to sort of parity. And I think we're diverging from that course this year. There really are haves and have nots. And I think some of these four and two and three and three records that you're seeing are a product of a lot of bad competition. I mean, let's take a look at the AFC South. The AFC South, you've got Indianapolis that is an absolute train wreck. They're two and five. But they've managed to
0: win two games. How? Because NC State quarterback Jacoby Brissett. You probably won't play next week after yesterday. <laughs> well, why do you bring Andrew Luck back at this point?
4: You know, maybe oh, we'll figure it out well. on the other side of the break. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats on WDCC, WBLZ, or on the internet. You're
6: listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio.
5: And now, from Sanford, North Carolina, Krista Lambert and Brandon Atkins! i got money, i got fame,
6: fast cars and everything, yeah! I'm on dance,
3: i got to say... Of slain, all the of the bumpers we
4: have here on From the Cheap Seats, that's my favorite, and it makes me want to, like, break something. That's chicken foot right there. Sammy Hagar, one of my favorite artists. Why doesn't Sammy Hagar get to come do the Super Bowl halftime show? That's what I want to know. They think... can do a Van Halen reunion. They could rock out Ronnie Montrose. Do you think Sammy Hagar crazy. has an electric car that he plugs in? I think I think Sammy Hagar's car probably runs on tequila. <laughs> you know, he made like a billion dollars when he sold out Cabo Wabo tequila And then he went right back and opened a rum line and has made a gazillion dollars with that, which, you know, kind of leads me down a path.
0: Might inspire Hmm. one to do
4: something
5: similar. inspire
4: one to make some vodka or something one day. I don't know. We'll see how that works Not that that's
0: what we're saying we might do.
4: I bet it would be the official vodka of the cheap seats.
0: No, but I mean, we are all—we didn't clown it, but every day we come into the studio, and they installed this electric car charger outside in the parking lot. But now that thing's getting worn plum out, isn't it? It son? is. They're going to have to put a second and a third one in. So well done, City of Sanford. I was wrong. You're right. We'll see. Kudos. <laughs> we'll see. All right. So the AFC
4: East right now: New England's up there at five and two. Buffalo, Miami at four and two, and then the Jets inexplicably are three and four
0: after losing the last two,
4: (laughs) which is crazy. And the Jets, you know, were everybody's favorite to come in this year tank and then try to get Sam Darnold, who's imploded himself. So that's what makes sports great. Well, Nobody really knows what's going on.
0: That's the East. Let's talk about the topic that's on everyone, all NFL fans' minds this morning is – When's the Cincinnati Bengals going to start winning some games?
4: Well, I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to tell you what. Pittsburgh's 5-2, and two, and there's been all the talk about Ben Roethlisberger and is he ready to roll whatever. Anybody surprised Pittsburgh beat Cincinnati this year has not been paying attention. Since Dalton and Green arrived six years ago, they're like 3-11 now against the Steelers. They don't beat the Steelers. They own the Ravens. Right. But – the Steelers, it's it's just kind of a weird thing in the Central, and at Pittsburgh, Cincinnati's just not going to go
0: anywhere. Dude, I'm telling you, you were on the road, and I had to call you at the same time, and you were so irritated. You're like, I was like, Are yeah, you watching I appreciate this? you calling. And I had to tell him, I'm like, Dalton's done because even his decision making in critical moments is horrible. They were down by two scores. It's fourth down t- territory. He rolls out on fourth down and literally throws it away on purpose, needing two touchdowns with about five minutes left. And I'm like, the first thing I thought was, oh, I must have it wrong. That must be third down. But, no, he threw it away, and I, the next thought was in my mind. I'm like, he doesn't want another interception.
4: Well, let me, let me tell you what's happened with Andy Dalton from a, a guy that has seen every pass Dalton has thrown as a pro. At least once, because I watch Bengals games over and over because I'm trying to see what's going on and thinking that I actually know what I'm looking at. Dalton, a couple years ago, when the Bengals opened up and had a big lead and were perhaps playing like the best team in football, was a legitimate MVP candidate. He threw a pick against the Steelers, broke his hand, broke his thumb, trying to tackle the guy going the other way. Then the Bengals get to the playoffs. A.J. McCarry, you know, limps them into the playoffs. They have the Steelers beaten, and then the wheels come off. Devontae's perfect penalty, the Adam Jones penalty on top of it. Steelers kick a field goal and ruin Cincinnati's chances for their first playoff win in 25 years. Dalton, the knock on him for the first three or four years he was in the league was that he was okay until he started trying to make plays and do too much. It's obvious at this point he's been conditioned by the staff and the people around him to play within the confines of the offense and not try to do too much. And what you saw there was a clear example of it. So you're talking about a guy who has limited mobility. A little, He can run a little bit. Limited arm strength in terms of NFL quarterbacks. That's the real weakness. He's not scaring anybody over the top because unless the play is by design and it's a direct route down the field that doesn't take long to come out of his hands,
0: he's not going to beat you with his well, arm. Here's the deal. I don't. I think you got in late. I doubt you saw this one play because you probably DVR'd the game. I did, and I'll watch it this evening. And you'll watch it, and you'll see what I'm talking about. It's fourth down. They need two scores. If he, Even if he throws an interception downfield, it's as good as a punt. Right? I,
4: I, I understand. And I was listening and, to the game on the radio, and the Steelers broadcast is what I had. And they said, and Dalton throws it to the popcorn guy. I've seen it before.
0: I've, I mean, we, I've but, been down this road. But that's, just, that's the sign of a guy who's given up on your team because he doesn't want that on his stat line. You just throw it up in the air. And I got you. Make a play. Miracle.
4: Throw it down. Everybody, every kid knows that. Anybody that's ever played quarterback, hey, an interception's as good as a punt here. Let me try to do something special. And that's the point I'm making is that he's so conditioned at this point to just get rid of it and we'll reset and do it again that that took over in a moment where on fourth and, I think it was fourth and seven, got to try to make a play. He's just not. I think. And here's the thing that Dalton cannot do that the successful quarterbacks, by and large, in the NFL are doing right now. People look at Deshaun Watson and like, oh my God, look at what he can do. What Deshaun Watson can do is get out of the pocket and keep his eyes down the field and have enough arm strength to whip the ball down the field. Ben Roethlisberger's been doing that for doggone near 15 years right now.
5: But when, when, did, when did Dalton go from um... – being a franchise quarterback to a game manager.
4: He's never been a franchise quarterback. That's the problem, is that Cincinnati, they took Andy Dalton in the first round because they needed someone who could start day one. If you recall, that was when Palmer had said, I'm out, I'm not playing anymore, I'm unless you can, unless you trade me. He was playing chicken with the franchise who said, we're not going to trade you, we're just going to let you sit. They went into that draft and actually won the draft because the consensus was they should take Blaine Gabbert out of Missouri with the fourth pick in the draft. They elected to go A.J. Green and saw, looking forward, they thought they could get one of two guys, Andy Dalton or Colin Kaepernick. When it came to their second round pick, they had their choice and they looked at the two guys. Ownership wanted Kaepernick. The coaching staff felt like Andy Dalton was more ready to come in day one and start. It worked out. They went eight and eight in the first year, and or, well, they went nine and seven. They made the playoffs all those years in a row. It worked out, but they got to a point where it became glaringly obvious <laughs> that without great talent around him. Dalton wasn't going to get it done. The problem this year, the Ravens and Bengals are two and four this year, and not four and two or five and one, is because the offensive line has been allowed to be blown up. They've got Cedric Obwehi playing left tackle right now that they drafted number one a couple years ago from Texas A and M, who might be the worst starting left tackle in all of football. Dalton, they have built this offense because he's limited mobility wise. Where the ball has to come out in two and a half seconds, so it's these short hitters, and all de- all opposing defenses are doing are clogging it up and not giving him passing lanes, and he's going to make a mistake. Okay, Chris, what's Marvin Lewis doing next year? Marvin so, Lewis is is sitting at the house next year
3: because Marvin Lewis is five. He's won five games against the Steelers since 2003 and yes. tied one. The yes. rest are losses. Andy Dalton's 3-10 yeah. and 10 against the Steelers. Yes. So, yes, Andy Dalton's not a franchise, but this needs to be the end for both of them. They need to have a regime change and and mix it up.
4: Well, and how and here's, here's the thing, is that the fan base in Cincinnati is done with Marvin Lewis. Yep. They were done with him before A.J. Green and Dalton, and they said, let's clean house. Ownership, Mike Brown, Katie Blackburn, they said, Marvin's the guy to keep this thing and, and reset this. Marvin came back to the franchise and said, there's some things they are going to have to change if I'm going to stay. I'm going to have more control with regard to personnel, and we're going to have to stop taking chances on these character risk guys. It was in the wake of Chris Henry dying in that accident. Mm-hmm. They had been through all kinds of stuff with him. Marvin said, we're not going to be that team. And they still are the subject of punchlines with that, and they haven't helped themselves because Adam Jones has had his little, you know, scuffles. Vontez Berfic gets the rap of being a bad guy, even though he's never been in trouble off the field. Although he did kick the Pittsburgh fullback in the face Well, that's what I just said. What's going to happen with the kid? But Marvin Lewis, here's the thing. Brandon and I have talked – we talk about this in different contexts all the time. From a professional standpoint – Brandon is the one that can give the direct quote. It is it's Meg, um,
0: Meg Moss. Um, not Meg Moss. Meg Moss. No, um, you're no, talking about no, no. You're talking about the uh, old eBay. Yes. CEO. Anyway,
4: Meg Whitman. Yes, Meg Whitman, who was the chairman of eBay. Her adage is, and I think it applies in most situations. You are going to accomplish what you can ha- accomplish in ten years then it's time to move on Mm -hmm. and i've been you know 20 years in the army i was you know a leader of men and was led by other men and there is a shelf life on how long they can adequately motivate you no marvin lewis doesn't have anything to tell anybody they haven't heard a million times and it's not been good enough god bless marvin lewis for what he did to bring the Bengals out of football hell because that's where they were for an entire decade but it's time to move on. Yeah, the only- and, the, and the thing here's the thing that people on the outside don't get—that is really at the heart of, of people being upset in Cincinnati. Mike Zimmer should be the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals right now, and Mike Zimmer's got his Vikings at five and two with Case freaking Keenum playing quarterback. Everybody associated with the program wanted Mike Zimmer to be the head coach, and Marvin
0: wouldn't leave. Well, I think when the Meg, the where the Meg Whitman example applies is when you're dealing with adults. Because I was just thinking, when you have these long tenures, they work in college because you're well, dealing but, with kids. But you're cycling through every four years.
4: Yeah, and they're, they're, the kid only has to listen to you for four years, and if they don't like it, they can suck it up and they can deal with it. But unless you're in a very special set of circumstances, like Bill Belichick, where even the guys that have been there this whole ride they look at bill and they're like that dude's next level and you see these belichick assistants that have spun out of there none of them have had any success and the reason i believe that is is that those guys come out and they're like well i watch what bill did and i'm gonna do it that way they don't have the track record except they
0: don't have a dude named brady that's true
4: too that's true too but here's the thing they can't create their Brady because they want to be Belichick. First of all, let's not forget Belichick failed miserably as the coach of the Cleveland Browns. He grew into what he what he did. And he inherited a team from Bill Parcells and Pete Carroll when he took over those Patriots that was stacked. And it wasn't just stacked with talent. It was stacked with leadership. And that locker room took care of itself. And they absolutely 100% fell into Tom Brady.
0: I would just, if I was one of these coaches, these uh, tree coaches of Belichick, I would just, on purpose, just for giggles, draft a quarterback with the 199th pick. That's funny. Just yeah. to see if it works. Yeah, that, there might be some magic there, you the know?
4: Chances are that it or not, but it would be funny if they did it. But I, I really think when you look across at Mangini, Charlie Weiss, uh, Romeo Cornell. Uh, who am I forgetting? Josh McDaniels. Josh McDaniels. These guys have come in and they have tried to run their program the way that Belichick does. You can't do that. You don't have all those rings as a head coach that Belichick does. When you speak, people don't listen at that level. And you, as a leader, you have to be true to yourselves. And none of those guys have amounted to anything. So maybe Bill O'Brien's done it right by maybe, starting at Penn State. There you go. I was just about to say, Bill O'Brien might be the exception, but... Bill O'Brien has grown into that job and dealt with adversity. Maybe Bill is. Maybe I, maybe he's not. I, I don't know. You throw enough at the wall, eventually something's going to stick. But back to the original premise, 10 years, Too that's old. it, man. You don't have anything left to give. You're not going to reinvent yourself. So we'll come back with 15 more minutes in this first segment for WDCC, WBLZ. We're just getting started. Check us out on the iTunes podcast app.
0: This is Jared Jones. Kristen Lambert and Brandon Atkins always help me with my draft picks, but I sure wish they would stop hanging out with Zeke
1: Elliott. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb.
2: My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion.
1: I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission. Helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm CeCe. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org.
3: You're listening to From the Cheap Seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins.
0: But if you really want to know what's going on, Professor Trent, they should listen
3: to you and me, Diamond Dave Kaplan. We've got a better grasp on sports, I think. It's
0: astute analysis. Welcome back to
6: From the Cheap Seats. All right, welcome back,
4: everybody. If you're on WBCC this is the last 15 minutes. You can head on over to the Internet and get us in the iTunes store. Listen to us on the WBLZ app every Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. W- Eastern time. WBLZ Media. Yeah, my bad. WBLZ Media. They're doing big things. So we're talking about the NFL right now. Um, on the other side, in the second hour, we're going to do a lot of college football, probably talk about some NBA but I'm looking, and I, I would say that there's not a lot of question marks for me as to who the hierarchy in the NFL is right now. I think New England is an odds-on favorite to win the East. Buffalo and Miami, half a game behind. But when you look at those teams, those teams are certainly not complete. And half of the they, – they've got half of what they need. You know, Miami's good defense. Buffalo, good defense. But the offense is both suspect. Um, I don't see them keeping pace with the Patriots as we go into the second half of the season. Pittsburgh has got a stranglehold on the on the uh, North. I used to call it the Central. I'm the old school. <laughs> the AFC North. Uh, Pittsburgh five and two. They're two games up on Baltimore. Uh, also,
0: also four and one in the conference as well. Yeah, I mean Pittsburgh,
4: just... Pittsburgh's looking good if they can keep it focused. Obviously, you know. Antonio Brown's fussing about this and and you got Le'Veon Bell with the holdout situation and Ben, do I want to play? Do I not want to play? Here's the deal. Mike Tomlin, his team seem to be better suited to play with drama around them than most. It's kind of weird. I don't think Pittsburgh, when it comes down to it, and they're playing important football in December and January, is going to be the team to beat but they're playing
0: frankly the AFC North kind of sucks right now. Well, Levion makes everything better. I think he in one play stiff-armed your entire your entire Bengals team. And I mean, they were violent stiff-arms, making sure you know the defender was all the way on the ground. Hey, and Martavis Bryant, if you have a problem, then you might want to catch a wide open ball, okay? When you got butterfingers, you can't complain and want to leave town. And, frankly, I don't think anybody with the Pittsburgh organization even cares. They just probably want to get a little value for them.
4: Here's what Martavis Bryant doesn't understand. That franchise, they have had issues on defense, and and it's always sort of a perpetual thing trying to find cornerbacks because it, it just doesn't happen very often for them. But it is an absolute wide receiver factory. And they take these mid-round guys and they plug them in and you put them opposite Antonio Brown. Those guys, they, they just do it. And Martavis Bryant, if he thinks he's going to get anybody's attention, he's just going to find himself
0: wasting away on the bench. Well, he did only get two targets. But you could see, I watched a lot of that game, and you could see Roethlisberger targeted him. And when he dropped it, Roethlisberger was just like shrugging his shoulders. Like, see, that's why you don't get the ball.
4: Yeah, not, I mean, not to mention you've been suspended and haven't been here. A lot of got guys out there need some perspective and, and probably would be well served to shut up and play ball. You've got the AFC South, and this is interesting. Tennessee and Jacksonville sit atop the East right now, or the South rather, at four and three. But I am of the belief that that's Houston's
0: division to win. I I kind of agree with that. I think it's anybody's division to win except for the Colts. The Colts are out, and they're all Well,
4: And here's the thing that's crazy about that. The Colts are 2-5. and I think it's reasonable to assume Andrew Luck is going to be back in the next week or two. I also think that what Andrew Luck missing the first seven games of the season has proved is that the Colts have been bad for a long time. He was just good enough to carry that team. Because that team on paper is no different than it's been the last four or five years,
0: is it? When I think Trent made the comment on our break that uh, Harbaugh needs to save the Wolverines and leave leave Michigan and take that job with the Colts. Because Pagano's done. He was almost done last year.
2: Pagano's
4: um, been
0: hanging on by a thread for years. Right. And probably, I don't mean this,
4: I don't want anybody to take this the wrong way. I know Pagano what you're going to went say. through the battle with cancer. That's right. That's what and he had, had he not gone through all that, he probably wouldn't be there anyway. Now, if the Colts could go back in time and reset, even if they knew he was going to get through the cancer and come back, they might have found a reason to slide him out of the way and put Bruce Arians in charge of that team because Arians went down there and the Cardinals, you know, blew up. Now, that said, we'll get to the Cardinals in a little bit, but I think we may have seen the end of Carson Palmer's career. Yep, yeah, he's done. Um, And I have to carry some guilt with me because it was a week ago that I said, I hope Carson Palmer suffers an injury and has to retire. I take it back. I didn't mean it. And I feel bad
0: for him. Well, at least Carson Palmer's been a good pro. Well, Pagano will have plenty of time to dance at his daughter's wedding now. See, there you go. There you go.
4: Alienating listeners, one demographic at a time.
3: (laughs) And I wouldn't be surprised if we wake up to find that it's the Patriots and the Texans in the AFC Championship.
4: I wouldn't be shocked by that. I wouldn't be shocked by that. Now, Jacksonville's going to have something to say about that. That team is leading the league in sacks right now by nine. Now, part of that has to do with who they played, and they did play Houston in the sort of transition game and had like – what they have, a dozen sacks? It Mm -hmm. was ridiculous. But that defense – that's one of the benefits of being that bad that long. When you look at the talent, they've been able to just continue to pump pile down there. Jacksonville's had some good off seasons. And if Blake Bortles plays the way he did this weekend, that's a team that can cause some folks some trouble. But right now, I'm going to say it's Houston's division to win.
5: But uh, isn't J.J. Watt done for the year?
3: Yeah, so, I mean – it really hasn't matter. He's missed most of the time. I mean, they plug in other guys and their yep. defense is just as strong.
4: Clowney is you know, Clowney is, is at least effective. And yeah, certainly I don't want to make light of taking Watt out of that rotation because Watt's still a disruptive player, but Watt left and I don't believe had a sack this year before he was injured. Now he obviously somebody you have to game plan around, but that defense is that defense is tight anyway. Um and they've made it through suspensions and injuries before with Cushing and everybody else they just seem to plug it in. I think I think Dabo Swinney was right. I think Deshaun Watson is the Michael Jordan that the NFL's been waiting for. You know, we haven't had a really top-shelf quarterback come out of the NCAA pipeline since Andrew Luck. I think Deshaun Watson's that guy. I watched the poise in the pocket, the athleticism, the ability to make throws on the run. I think Deshaun Watson's going to be really, really good for a really, really long time.
3: And as far as character goes, oh, very, very dude. humble, unbelievable guy, human being. And so Absolutely. that makes it even more wanting to he gave his to first report. game check. To I know, to help the, the, the stadium people. Yeah. I mean, I'm in, I'm in on it.
4: Yeah, I mean, he's I'm... a
3: great kid. And here's the thing. Bill
4: Parcells wow. used to have his rules for drafting college quarterbacks. And one of the rules was that you had to have been a college starter for at least three years. There's a reason for that. When you look at it, I want to I want to use Sam Darnold as an example. Darnold flashed onto the onto into the public consciousness last year and was a gunslinger and was making plays and could do everything. And I'm looking at him this year and he's
0: absolutely not gotten any better. Period. Yeah, but Parcells, I mean, the game's no, passed him by, dude. No, no, no. I mean, no. he probably still uses a shoehorn to put his shoes on in the morning.
4: Brother, I'm a, I'm just here to tell you. Name for me a quarterback that has done it for one year in college that has come into the NFL and has set the NFL on fire.
0: Did Watson only play one year in college?
4: Watson was a starter from his freshman year. That's the point I'm getting at is these kids that come in there. That's about
0: three years, right?
4: Yeah. These kids that come in and go through the system and get better and – Understand the workload that comes with being the 1A quarterback in a system, that's a completely different level of commitment than anybody else in any professional sport has to make. They're into the tape seven days a week. They're in with the with the you know game planning, everything else. The level of commitment that it takes, you have to have gone through that at the college level. And these you know, these guys that come out and they come out of nowhere, they really have got to establish themselves to get my attention. But they well, tend to they tend to flame out.
0: Well, he is a true dual threat. And I know you're like, no duh. But he really tries to stay in the pocket for as long as – and I saw him live in, in um, Charlotte when he beat up on my Tar Heels in the ACC championship game a couple of years ago. And he absolutely demoralized the Tar Heels because – they would have him in third down and long and thought they were about to get the ball back. And this dude, like, reads – he takes a first, second, third read. Then he takes off and, and he that's, runs for 25 yards and you're like, what just happened? But Bro, he's
3: waiting before he's taken off. Yeah, he's exhausting all his possibilities. And that's where he's on a level the the only
4: guy that's out there in the NFL that's doing it at the same level is Russell Wilson. And that's what makes Russell Wilson Russell Wilson is he can keep his eyes down the field, progress through his reads, and still make you miss and move around in the pocket at the same time. So you take everything that Russell Wilson can do, in addition to being a genuinely good human being, and you add the physical stature, and all of a sudden it's not a guy that's 5'10 or 5'11. It's a guy that's 6'3 that can whip the ball down the field with a flick of the wrist. It's dangerous. Mike Vick became everybody's favorite player in the world. In large part because of Madden. Because he had 99 speed and could throw the ball down. You know, he changed Madden. He ruined the game for a year. But here's what people don't understand. Is that while he was at Virginia Tech, the offense was cut in half. And this is not me saying this. This is Frank Beamer saying this. Yep. That they eliminated half of the reads. And on any particular play, what would normally have been their full offense, they had Mike Vick read one side of the field, and if it wasn't there, you're to take off and run. Huh. Very similar
0: to Jay Cutler.
4: <laughs> <laughs> nice. If you're with us on WDCC, follow us to the internet, WBLZ, or podcast listeners, we got a whole hour to go. We promise it's going to be even better.
6: Yeah. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio.
0: My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb.
2: My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion.
1: I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission. Helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm CeCe. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. I'm Chris DeLambert. I'm
0: Brandon Atkins. I'm Professor Trent Nichols.
1: Coming to you from the chief seats.
4: Welcome to the second hour. Brandon's got issues with his headphones. He needs that sorted out. So, the Kansas City Chiefs. Two weeks ago, we had anointed them. That we were ready to go ahead and hand over a Super Bowl victory to the Chiefs. And they did what many before them have done. And sort of imploded. And the Chiefs suddenly looked like a okay football team I don't know what's going on however at the same time Denver hadn't been able to get out of their own way and is only a game and a half back I'm confused as to what's going on out there in the AFC West and don't sleep on Phillip Rivers and the Chargers Phillip Rivers is the best quarterback in the country that everybody forgets about. And they seem to go through these lulls where Phillip Rivers just wills his team to victory. They're sitting there at three and four and they're lurking. So the Chiefs have still got work to do. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and handicap this. And I'm not going to surprise anybody where I go old school when I say New England's the best team in the AFC. Anybody want to argue with me? David Shabaz. David Shabazz. You love arguing with me, dude.
5: You know, I I just moved here two days ago from San Diego, and uh, you know the whole city is uh, really upset about uh, them leaving.
4: I can't imagine.
5: And uh, Rivers is like a god there. They love him. I to me, he's another Jay Cutler. Same mold, a gunslinger throws a lot of interceptions. I, I don't I don't see what you see in him.
4: <laughs> the difference between Philip Rivers and Jay Cutler is that Jay Cutler gets upset and he goes to the sideline and he pouts. Philip Rivers gets upset and he screams at everybody in the building. No, Rivers it's fun to watch him and I wanna wanted, I wanna wanted like choke him once a week. Because at some point, he's going to be shouting no, at everybody around
0: Cutler but, goes and pouts on the sideline. Rivers just runs off and have, has another baby with his wife. Oh, God.
5: Why, that's true. <laughs> why, why is Cutler's personality such a big deal? He has the same personality as Kyle Hendricks, but they praise Kyle for it, but they uh, dog Cutler for it.
4: Okay, so what you just did was unbelievable. You just transitioned from NFL football to Chicago Cubs baseball. I'm going to tell you why there's a difference. Kyle Hendricks is in that rotation with the Chicago Cubs to be the third or fourth arm in the rotation. He's not the leader of the team.
5: I'm talking personality. No, 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 I I get you, and
4: that's where I'm going with it, is that you want to have some transformational personalities on that team. Rizzo's not that guy. Rizzo's a huge personality. David Ross was there last year. David Ross, huge personality. Those have got to be your centers of gravity. On an NFL football team, like it or not, most times your team is going to go as your quarterback goes. So Jay Cutler, when he's in a room and supposed to be the leader of 53 men, and he comes to the sideline and he pouts like a petulant child, all the rest of those guys are looking at it. And I'm going to tell you, I don't often give any credit to any of the guys on NFL Network because, frankly, LaDainian Tomlinson and Deion Sanders make my head hurt. LaDainian Tomlinson on Sunday night used an analogy, and he was talking about Cam Newton, who we need to talk about here in a little while, but he talked about Phillip Rivers, and he talked about the fact that dude never – gives up and his personality is so fiery you look across and you're like we can still do this and I can recall a time that they went into Cincinnati with LaDainian Tomlinson and Phillip Rivers and Cincinnati beat them around the building and went into the halftime 21 points ahead Phillip Rivers led that team back because he never gave up and he didn't allow the people around him to give up when your mo is to go to the sideline and be by yourself and wear that little i couldn't care less grin on your face the guys around you are looking and if they have that same look it transfers into their play
5: but i that's think how, you see that's it. how you're reading it though if you listen to guys like Kyle Long they'll tell you the cutler is a huge leader in that locker room how many
4: but- how, how many how many important games jay cutler ever won in college or the NFL, and I mean, and I'm not just trying to throw that at you, but in college didn't win a thing, in the NFL hasn't won a thing, and his claim to fame in the, and not claim to fame, but the thing that I will always remember him for is quitting in the middle of a playoff
0: game.
5: He didn't quit. Well, sure. He blew his knee out. No, he had a no. That that's not true at all. But
0: didn't he also play on that knee for a long time? It had yeah. been blown out. Yeah. So you got to give him a little. The credit Jay there. Cutler Defense Fund is
4: accepting donations. See,
3: I only give them credit for being that spokesmodel for people with uh, diabetes and being able to motivate kids to get past that. And that's somebody that was somebody first time getting uh, insulin on the sidelines and all that stuff. He's a horrible quarterback. And, David,
0: you know, Chris is being too hard on him. He had the Dolphins well on their way to the playoffs. (laughs) And now he's dealing with this injury. Look,
5: look, and and I may be completely off. Don't you think that having, I mean, really, five NFL uh, head coaches and uh, maybe seven offensive coordinators uh, means something? That's hard on a quarterback.
3: Dave, if he would have won and been that leader that won, he would have only had one head coach. Coach killer. I, and I'm, Dave, I
4: get it. And I'm not saying, I'm, I'm going to tell you that from an arm talent standpoint, Jay Cutler has been top five every minute he's been in the league. But so is Kyle Bowler. And you don't remember him. Jay Cutler was put in more situations to succeed than a couple. And he has been a coach killer.
5: And he's our all time leading passer. I mean, okay. and the Bears have been around a long time. <laughs> wait,
4: wait a minute. Wait a minute. Oh, oh, stop. I'm gonna need you to like pull the air brake there, because the Bears—that is their mo. They haven't had a quarterback in the Pro Bowl since Jim McMahon, and before that, oh, who's the greatest quarterback in team history? How far back do you have to go? Yeah. I mean, you're playing in a passing era, Eric and when Kramer. you look at the when you look at the records that Cutler set in the in Chicago, Mike
5: Thomas.
4: If Mitch Trubisky doesn't own every single one of those records, then Trubisky will have been a disaster as a number one pick. That I mean, I, and Cutler has been a middle-of-the-road quarterback a la Jeff George, Kyle Bowler, with great arm talent that just can't do it. In fact, you see a guy that's on that bench now sitting behind Trubisky with Mike Glennon? I'm going to tell you right now. As a guy that's been watching him all the way back from NC State, that's as much armed talent as anybody in football. There's something going on in his head that doesn't
0: translate on the field. You so talking you about mean? Glendon? I'm talking about Glennon. Glennon, there's he his neck's so long <laughs> that I think the signals have a hard time making that travel from his <laughs> head to the rest <laughs> of his body.
5: He's a weird looking guy. He looks
0: like never mind.
5: No, no, don't you think that if Jake Cutler – I mean, this is um I mean, think about this. If he had one head coach and one offensive coordinator all the time in Chicago, you don't think that would have made a difference?
3: It may have. It would have been. It would have been Mike Shanahan if he never would have gotten fired from the Broncos. Shanahan may have been able to do it, but at some point Shanahan would have gotten sick of Cutler's poor decisions and he would have been out too.
0: Hey, check this out. One time I was in – Back in my Chapel Hill days, I worked at one of those seasonal uh, Halloween stores. It was called Halloween Zone. And Mike Shanahan walked in. I think he had a kid that went to Duke, I think. But anyway, long story short, he's standing there, and I look, and I recognize him. And he gives me this look like... Don't ask me if I'm Mike Shannon.
6: <laughs> he did
0: not want to talk to me, not one minute. He wanted to have some costume ideas and then bounce.
4: See, I would have given wow. him some costume ideas. I would have been like, you know what's really good this year? The Bear Bryant costume. Going as a football coach on Halloween is really cool, sir. And played stupid. i had fun with it. You did have you? Got- Notre Dame beat Newt Rockney? He was cool. <laughs> Not like these NFL coaches now that come out in sweatshirts. That
3: guy that took RJ3, what a bum, what an idiot. That guy couldn't coach a cowboy to wear cowboy boots. But
4: that's awesome. Mike Shanahan came in. So, what did they buy? Do you remember?
3: I don't
0: remember him buying anything. I oh, really? When he picked up on that, I was going to stalk him around the store. <laughs> then he was like, all right, let me go down to Chick fil A. I'll be. Get-
5: All right, so we're talking
4: about Halloween, and and I I didn't even want to do this. But now we're going to, since we're talking about Halloween, and it's right around the corner. So here we go. We're going around the table. We're going to go three rounds. We're going to have our first annual Halloween candy draft. Oh. All right? Brandon Atkins, you're picking first. Trent, you're second. Dave. No, you know what? Dave's the guest. Dave gets to go first. first. Dave goes first, Trent second, Brandon third, and I'll pull up the rear. We're drafting Halloween candy. What's your number one pick in the draft? With the first pick in the draft, the Chicago Cubs select...
5: Reese's Peanut Butter Cups.
4: Now, are we talking about the mini cups or the full-size cups? Because that's a big difference. Mm.
5: Well, I'll eat 40 of the mini cups. (laughs) 20 of the big ones, I guess. So,
3: (laughs) you're going with Reese's
4: cups, number
3: one. The real value was when you got the full size. When the minis came around, that was kind of a ripoff. But listen, though. The minis are
4: really good. The minis are really good. And here's how I think about it because, Dave, I'm a big guy like you, and I'm going to eat 40 of them. There's a lot more work associated with opening the little ones. So I'm thinking that's burning calories. <laughs> so it's actually a dietary it's thing, a rather than the big ones where it's just you know tear open the packet and it falls out out of that little wax cup thing. I would prefer the minis. You want the minis or the full size? Well, wow.
5: full size for me.
4: Full size. Yeah. Trent, are you a mini or
3: a full size Reese's cup guy? See, I always like the full size better. Okay,
0: fair enough. Um, I'm full size guy. All right. What I will. Okay, I guess it's trans pick now. I was no, gonna say something.
4: You were gonna justify well, your.
0: Here's the deal. Like, there's a difference in the candy. Chris is actually explaining this, and I've heard this before. There's a difference in the candy between full size and the minis. There's a difference between a large Kit Kat and a small Kit Kat. Don't ask me how that is. No, like, I mean it's, t- a it's a
3: different. It's a different composition. It's a lot more peanut butter in the full size, obviously, than the mini. So it's a lot chocolatey, than <laughs> <laughs> the mini. <laughs> so
4: what's your what's the second pick in the draft?
3: What, my what second pick, track? I'm going to go with a wild card because as I think back to Halloween, what always got me more excited, which it wasn't even my favorite candy, but if I had gotten a Almond Joy, I was always the most excited. So I'm going to take them as my sleeper for the number two. Now,
4: I'm going to tell you, Mrs. DeLambert would be pleased with your pick. She's an Almond Joy chick, and that's underrated
0: candy right there. So, well done. I thought you were going to pick a zero bar because the Denver Broncos haven't won any games on the road. (laughs) Brandon. That was mean. What do you got? Oh, man. It's between two. Now, just one real quick question. Is this something that you like to eat a lot of or just your favorite, even if you get one and you're one and done – Because some candies are richer than others and things like that nature. Ah, screw it. I'm just going to pick Butterfinger. (laughs) I hate you so much right now. (laughs) See, that's why you did that. But see, Butterfinger, like if you eat too many Butterfingers, you're in a world of hurt. Now, Kit Kats, I can crush... One Kit Kat after another, but but I'm not going steal another person's. Connection. See, he, that's
4: what he did. We've already had part of this discussion. He put it up on Facebook and collected a lot of data from a lot of different people. Yeah, but the And one- people really had strong feelings. Butterfinger would be mine, but you took it. And it definitely, though, you're talking about the full size and the, and the minis. The mini Butterfingers, I love. A full size Butterfinger, I don't. It's a different ratio, and a full size Butterfinger just breaks apart, mm-hmm. and it's it's a mess. Well, so. next time I
0: send, I probably won't. But next time I send a poll out about Halloween candies, don't send me back homemade popcorn <laughs> popcorn balls or whatever that was. If you go make me cook, that's kind of defeats the purpose, right?
4: Yeah, no cool points for anybody that said homemade popcorn balls. And did your did your mom and dad let you eat the homemade popcorn balls? No, because mine didn't. They were going in or the trash. Or chocolate
3: chip. Anything in a sandwich bag? Nope. Yeah. not do it. That's we like were looking the, for razor blades. That's like the old lady. Right? Hey, you know
4: nobody's ever had a razor blade in a popcorn ball. <laughs> ever. It never happened. That's, a, that's an urban legend. We'll finish this up on the other side. We might actually talk about some more sports.
3: <laughs> Thanks for listening. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats from Sanford, North Carolina.
6: I was stolen from my parents. I was imprisoned in a cramped cage and was touched and photographed completely against my will, solely for somebody's profit. Then I started to grow bigger, and they locked me away for life.
2: If you knew that was the life of a tiger cub, would you still pay to pet her? Learn how they're exploited through petting and photo ops at cubabuse.com.
6: Hey Clarice, can we please put on the new Justin Bieber album? Hold on, Dad will be mad if we don't listen to From the Cheap Seats. Welcome back to From the Cheap
4: Seats. Guys, From the Cheap Seats, everybody. I'm Krista Lambert, Brandon Atkins, Professor Trent Nichols, and the inimitable. David Shabazz hanging out with us and the first ever candy draft <laughs> has commenced and through the first three picks Shabazz took Reese's Cups Trent's got Almond Joy Brandon's got Butterfinger and I'm going with Twizzlers
6: hmm.
4: Ooh, I nice love choice. Red Licorice
0: Good and God I just- do need to
4: qualify that by, by calling a little foul play, Brandon did know that the Mini Butterfingers are my go-to. They're my favorite. But Twizzlers, I think, are very underrated. I love some red licorice, so yep. I'm good. good Dave, day. you're up. What do you got? Three Musketeers. Three Musketeers. Ooh. I can dig that. That's a That's a classic. And, you know, that's one of those things, man, that when I look back at total candy consumption, I've probably eaten, you know— I don't know, 40 or 50 pounds of those little mini Three Musketeers, but I've probably never bought half a dozen Three Musketeer candy bars in my life. Yeah. Kind of weird how that works.
3: Trent. <sighs> with my next choice, I think I'm going to go with uh, whatchamacallit. Whatchamacallit. Oh, yeah, I love Strong, those, too. Strong, that's not something you Very see. Very rare, too. That's
4: right. If you pull something like that, that's a win. Mm-hmm. I can dig that. All right. Whatchamacallit. I remember, see, you might be a couple years too young. I remember when Whatchamacallit came out. Hmm. And I thought, you know, I was, I don't know, five or six years old at the time, seven maybe. And Whatchamacallit was so cool that it didn't matter what it tasted like. It was just so fun to say.
3: Yeah, Whatchamacallit?
4: Yeah, it was great marketing. I can't remember the last time I had one. Maybe I'll stop on the way home.
0: Yeah. Go ahead and break me off a piece of that Kit Kat bar, okay?
4: Oh, give me a break. Kit Kat. Man, my kids will hate me for saying this, I do not like Kit Kat. Hmm. All of my girls will fight you for a Kit Kat bar. And I'm going to tell you, my wife brought me a story the other day. She's got a new coworker, And the coworker was there and there was a candy dish and it had the little mini Kit Kat. And, you know, the mini Kit Kat has two little Kit Kat bars together. And this person... Took the Kit Kat out of the wrapper and instead of breaking it apart, just ate, took a bite out of both pieces at the same time. And my wife was like, "I don't know if we can be friends." Hold and on. like minute, it like disturbed her. She's like, "Who does that? That's that's not how you eat a Kit Kat." And you know Ned, she's got her ways, but she's serious. She had a hard time with that.
0: So hold on, and I tried they to took talk the her down wrapper off, off, the off and just bit into both yeah. wafers. Yeah. That person should be in jail. I, right? I mean, that ought to be, I
4: don't know if jail should be warranted, but at least a fine.
0: That's like throwing, just chunking a whole Oreo in your mouth. Yes. Like there's a process to these things. There's principalities.
4: Do you ever eat an Oreo without tearing it apart?
0: No, man, I do all kinds of, I don't got one go-to move with the Oreo. I got all sorts of different things I do with an Oreo, but, some of which I can't say on the radio. <laughs>
4: My favorite thing with an Oreo is old school, and I feel like a four-year-old when I do it, but dunking them in milk. Oh,
3: yeah, that's yeah. it. But that's the only time you don't break them apart is when you Absolutely. dunk them in milk.
4: Absolutely. Now, when you break them apart, do you actually go through the process of scraping the, the icing off? No. No? Not see, anymore. Th- see, that's the good thing about I still do. Ah! I'm not going to lie. That- but, hey, let me let me, let me me make sure you're not sleeping on this because there's a new thing, and you've got to like go get some today. Cookie butter Oreos. And I'm not, I'm a fan of traditional stuff and I you know I'll try all the Oreo stuff but the the original is is the go to. Try the cookie butter huh. Oreos. They cookie are butter. out of control.
0: Well, you know they got this new mystery flavor that if you guess the flavor, the ingredients or whatever, you win like 50k. Oh, I, really? I
4: don't want 50k. I want Oreos for life. You can give your 50,000 <laughs> well, stinking dollars.
0: As far as dipping in milk, that's why I love Oreos because they're so you know, they can hold Processed. up. Well, no, they can hold up. You know, I, I like graham crackers and I dip them in milk and there's always that, you got to time that exactly oh, right. without a doubt. Or oh, you're like digging around
5: for yeah. some slugs. <laughs>
0: Oreos, do you count the bubbles? Because I
3: would count the bubbles so they didn't get too soggy. And it would be like, okay, if it was only eight bubbles, that means it's still too hard. i got to wait another three bubbles. Yeah, it's definitely. I I didn't count bubbles. I do it by feel. But you can't
4: eat graham crackers. There's only two ways to eat graham crackers. One is a s'more, and two is dipped in milk. And you're absolutely spot on. If you leave it a second too long, you're going to have graham cracker smegma at the bottom of your milk,
3: and everything's
0: that And the noise you make is like,
5: no! <laughs>
3: it just ruins your day, man. I don't know man. if I've ever dipped them in milk. I'm going to have what? to go home and try that.
0: Dude, how how honestly, else would you
3: eat them? Just with s'mores or, I, yeah, I don't know, maybe put peanut
0: butter no, on or something. Th- that's next level right there, Trent. You that's, put peanut butter in between two, then dip that in milk, wow. brother, you're on a whole nother level. Yes, sir. Uh,
3: I got a new
4: snack when I get home. It's a lot of work, but it's worth it. It's worth all the effort.
5: I can't relate to anybody who would just put something that says mystery ingredient in their mouth. I you're can't. looking I across can't the rel- table from one rel- guy rel- that would.
3: I know You've for sure. Give me the 50K.
0: Uh. It's liver pudding. <laughs> Dude, that's what you need to do at Buffalo Wild Wings. You need to come out with a mystery, a mystery flavor. flavor. <clears> and then you're like... Ha, 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 it's ghost pepper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's battery acid, morons. <laughs> All
4: right, so the, the second round is underway. Dave took three Musketeers.
0: Whatchamacallit to Trent. Brandon, what do you got? I went with Kit Kats, bro. Kit Kat. Oh, my bad. Oh, my I said my break mind. me off a piece so, of that. And Kit-Kat. I said
3: give me a break.
0: Kit Kat, I'm
4: going with an old standby, and I'm surprised it's not off the board yet. I'm going with Snickers. I love Snickers, and I love yeah, Snickers David Frozen. And Dave, Dave has done a lot of things in his life, not the least of which is appear in a couple episodes of Law & Order, which is really cool because <laughs> I saw him one time playing the judge, and it was really awesome. That is cool. But tell, tell your story in about 90 seconds about your Snickers commercial.
5: Uh, I was in 2012. I was a 50-year-old man had never eaten a Snickers in his life. Never, not one time. Never ever had tasted it. And then I did a. I think
4: I I think that's a litmus test. You better be careful because Trump's going to deport you. I'm (laughs) sure that that's on the list of things. There's points awarded for Snickers, and it's like an automatic disqualifier if you've never had a Snickers. So be careful.
5: And I never had one. And then I filmed the Snickers commercial. I played a character, and I filmed the Snickers commercial and we had to, it took about an hour to film a 30 second commercial and in the course of that hour, we had to do a take after take and we I, I ate the equivalent of about 10 Snickers bars in an hour. <laughs> I'm and, jealous. And then after that hour, I was sick to my stomach and I've never eaten a Snickers since. So I've eaten Snickers for one hour straight in my life and then never again.
0: What was funny about your story, Al is they said that <laughs> they were passing the bucket around so you could spit it out and you are like nah, I'm good. I'm going to go ahead and eat these 10 right here.
5: I kept thinking of my my mother, and then you, know, you should never spit like that in public. And I thought, okay, it was just I thought, okay, it was like a, cl- a low class move. And then afterward, I was like, God, I should have spit in that bucket. Then you
0: felt like spitting him all out yes. at once into the bucket, dude. I, I'm telling you right
4: now, I could eat ten full size Snicker bars. There's no doubt. And you said, Brandon, we were talking about candies and snacks the other day. You were talking about the Snickers ice cream bar. Mm, That's dude. next level, mm,
0: dude. That's next level. I've, you know, sometimes you can get like a six pack every once in a while. (laughs) The kids will be with their moms and I'm like, I'm about to get dirty up in here. I I break off about three of those in a row. Well, the next time you have a six pack
4: and you feel like breaking off three of those, you call me and I'll help you you plow through the other Sounds good. Dave, final round. What do you got? He wasn't adequately prepared. Yeah. He's still obviously not Snickers. a big candy guy. I'm still
5: having my Snickers flashback. Um, for let's see, for me, I would probably have to go with a um, uh, Mounds. Mounds. So okay. Almond
4: Joy and Mounds make Makes it off the board. I didn't, think, I didn't think anybody would make Mounds.
5: Well, I'm, I'm allergic to all almonds, so I could never have Almond Joy. So I Mounds was my thing.
0: Dude, he okay. just, he just uh, traded up for Mitch Trubisky and skipped over Deshaun Watson with his Mounds. There's some, there's some quality candy left on the board. Mounds comes
3: out of nowhere. We like that, though. It's a reach. Trent. So growing up, there was only two kinds of this candy. And this is hands down my favorite thing. I could eat probably a bathtub full of them. If they're around, I'm eating them and they are gone. Peanut M&Ms is my all-time mm. no matter what. I agree. A peanut M&M is my favorite candy. Dude, have currently. you
0: ever have you thrown a bag of almond M&M's into the refrigerator? Nobody's done that. Nobody even knows that almond M&M's are a thing except for you. Dude, I'm telling you, brother. Life-changing.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I I probably would really like it, but like I said, there's a thousand different versions of M&M's now. But if you go back in time, it was only just the chocolate one, and then they came out with the peanut, and that was it. Peanut and, M&M's. And let me ask you this. If given the opportunity, will you even eat plain M&M's? I'll eat them, but I'm not. I really, I just don't don't like them. Yeah, see, I'm not even gonna eat them. The brown pack M&Ms. If I'm trick or treating,
4: that was going to my brother or somebody. Yeah. Well, I'll swap you that for whatever. Give me that. Give me a player B name later, because the chocolate M&Ms, that dark chocolate, not a not a not a. Well, it's a milk chocolate, but it's just nasty. Oh, search. but
0: dark chocolate's good for you, Chris. Whatever,
4: dude. So's red wine. I like to have
0: dark chocolate and red wine. Anyway, my pick, my third pick is um, it shouldn't be a Halloween canning because I crush these all the time. or is gummy bears. Like Dude. either Black Forest or what's the other kind? Haribo. Haribo. It's got to be one of those two. It can't be off-brand, whatever. And if you're listening, Black Forest, I love the white ones. Why they make the, white fla- uh, the flavor of grape, white they can't figure out that purple i don't know but it still tastes delicious it might be a white grape but yeah maybe but you know you look at it and you're like what is this and you put it in your mouth and you're in heaven and then but if you're listening harbo or black forest leave the orange and yellow ones out i don't know what's going on with those thanks for hanging out with us
4: we got one half of one hour left to go you're listening to from the cheap seats on wdlc
6: you're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio.
2: Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army Strong in the Army Reserve.
5: And now,
2: from Sanford, North Carolina, Chris DeLambert
5: and Brandon. Yes. got money, I've got fame, fast cars and everything,
4: yeah. oh. All right, as happens here on, say, on From the Cheap Seats, we've departed from our normal sports journey, and I'm sure that there's somebody out there that turned us off for a little while ago and was like, I've had enough candy! And if you are fast-forwarding, you still haven't made it far enough because I have my final pick. And I would have pulled the plug at the end of last last segment, but this is important. And every once in a while we do something that is is sort of life-altering. And I'm here to tell you that we're through three rounds. Dave kicked us off with Reese's Cups, and we've worked all our way through to – what did you do? <laughs> What I picked? What'd you do last? Yeah, Gummy bears. Last? Gummy bears. Yeah, yeah. So everywhere in between, there's chocolate, there's soft candies, whatever. Let me tell you something. I knew you guys were going to sleep on this because you're all old. Starburst jelly beans. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Mm. Yeah. Are the new crack
3: cocaine? Yeah, the jelly bean version.
0: Yes. Starburst jelly beans. Are you familiar? When you said. I've never had a- I am. I oh. thought when you said you were going to go. Old school, I thought you were going to do, like, squirrel nut zippers or something like that.
3: No, <laughs> a, Reggie, a
5: Reggie bar. Like <laughs>
3: yeah. the bottle pops yeah. So you drink the thing and chew the wax. Yeah. Listen, well, listen,
4: some, some honorable mentions. I'm surprised that Baby Ruth didn't make it on here. Yeah. I'm surprised that the little Crackle bar... That's, you know, the size of a postage stamp didn't make it there. Or the Mr. Good Bar. Mr. Good Bar is another good one. Well, Which and, did you prefer, the Crackle or the Mr. Good Bar? Mr. Good Bar. I think, I mean, me too, I think. Crackle was good, but I think Mr. Good Bar too. Those little, you know, the little grandma bags, that's the only thing that, that's the only time you buy them is, is you know, if you're a woman of a certain age or it's Halloween time. Other than that, nobody buys
0: those things. I think Mr. Uh, Big Daddy Kane came out with a, a Mr. Good Bar song or lyric I can't remember which and one thing I almost pulled the trigger on that is boring and that's why I didn't is just the plain Hershey bar the full-size plain Hershey bar oh stick it in the fridge You'll love life, bro.
3: See, no, I it's like or, that and,
4: and Hershey's Kisses. That's not nah, my thing. that ain't man. my thing. I either. trick
3: or treated at Elway's house when he was a uh, second year in really? the league, and he gave out those Nest Crunch bars, full size, nice. and that's why we went there because we knew he gave out the he had the contract, the commercial for them. Tight. So he gave out big ones. So I would have thrown that out there, but I don't like eating them. Let me
4: let me let me tell you, people out there in Radio Land, if you're not familiar with Starburst jelly beans, they're, you you haven't lived. They're dope, dude. They're done. I can eat a five-pound bag of those things, and it's it's just unbelievable.
0: But dude, the same rule applies. What's that? They have like this orange or yellow color, and it's just weird. What is that? Your Ajax flavor? I,
4: I don't have a problem with it. I love it. I love jelly beans anyway. But the Starburst jelly beans, next level. Now, here's the last thing we need to talk about with regard to candy, because this I this is going to tell me about who you are. Are you? Team candy corn
0: or not? I will. I'm not on the team. I will participate and grab a couple of them, probably mostly in pumpkin form, just to say I did it for Halloween. But I can't munch on. You're those. not a
3: candy corn guy.
0: No nah. trip candy corn.
3: I love just eating candy. I'm not a fan of them, but I just I whatever's left. I usually only get the whoppers and candy corn so yeah I'm, I'm not on their team but I'll eat them
4: okay here is the next part of this question for a candy guy like you when you eat the
3: candy corn how do you eat it
5: <laughs>
3: I, I, I got okay one. I either <laughs> I either just take a handful and pop them all in my mouth, but normally I'll break the white tape off <laughs> of That's break the them down proper answer, you eat candy corn one color <laughs> yeah, at a time. Yeah.
4: That's how you do it. Oh. All right. so and it if you be- didn't know that, maybe that's not why you, lo- why you don't love candy corn. But here's the other piece of that question. You said the candy corn pumpkins, mm-hmm. everybody Ooh. objectively has to agree. The candy corn pumpkins are better
0: than normal candy corn. I don't know why, but it just is. Everybody I will thinks tell you, so. I'll take the n- normal candy corn just to give y'all another layer to this, and I'll like stick them on my canines <laughs> like fangs, and you know do the blah 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 thing for a little bit, and then I'll chew on those. I do Your some kids weird you a little bit. Don't I think. do some weird stuff with I candy. Think, right. I
5: think candy corn in general is disgusting. Yeah, I don't like them.
0: And
4: Dave, we about, think you're disgusting.
0: Talk about. I don't even
4: have. I don't have any idea what candy corn is made of, and I don't care. I think it would probably be better for me and my mental health if I never knew. So Dave, I'm just. You lost your street
3: cred with the mounds, <laughs> dude. When you got your street cred when he hadn't eaten a friggin' Snicker
0: bars until he was
3: 50. Come on now. And not he, your, not
4: your thing, Dave. Well, not your it, thing. If
0: there's another candy out there, like Snickers, eating the first one at fifty, and you haven't tried one, don't eat all of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
4: you don't eat Dave. Was, there's something
5: paid. I was getting paid to
4: eat them. I'm trying to think though. Dave has some, some weird. I know what it is. Dave never had a hot dog. Is that right? Or is it a chili dog? What was chili,
5: it? Chili dog.
4: David never had a chili dog, mm. ever, mm. until he went with me to call a high school playoff game, and I brought him back a chili dog, and I handed it to him, and he was like, uh, mm, uh, I'm going to try it, but I've never had a chili dog before. And I was like, what? How is that even possible? Let me tell you. And he's like, that's just not something we do.
5: I have, I have the eating habits of a seven-year-old boy, from which I've been told by every woman in my life. And so I don't try new things. I right. don't at
4: all. <laughs> well, I, I don't. So I at what age did you stop
3: trying new things?
5: Uh, seven. <laughs> <laughs>
3: So he's basically <laughs> had Kraft macaroni and cheese, and then he was
0: like, nah, yeah, I'm good. And chicken
3: tenders. Yeah. Let me oh, tell you. Good. I,
0: I helped David Kaplan uh, call the Southern Lee game this past Friday because Chris is out of town. And David, through the break, he sprints out, and we don't have a lot of time, right? And Southern Lee's grill or cafe, they're well known for throwing out some good food. Oh, right? wait a minute. Yeah. They're not well known.
4: They're. Famous, they're next level for that
0: ribeye sandwich. This dude, David Kaplan, runs back into the studio right before we go on. He's breathing hard, and he lays down this ribeye sandwich in front of me, oh. and I'm like, yes. you know, and I, you know, my eating habits. I kind of, I don't go crazy. Nope. I tore that thing up, dude. It was gone. I'm eating it, smacking into the microphone. It was delicious. That well,
4: ribeye
3: sandwich is the truth."
5: You know, that sounds appetizing to me. It's good.
3: It's good. One thing I want to put him on, uh, I got to throw this out there, maybe roast uh, Brandon a little bit. Okay. Big Daddy Kane, no lyric mentions Mr. Goodbar. There is no song named Mr. Goodbar, but LL Cool J song is named Mr. Goodbar. I was
4: going to correct you on that, but I thought maybe I've got this twisted because... B.A. is
3: the one with the you know
0: what? encyclopedic the encyclopedia. rap knowledge. You know what? I think I'm going to find it and bring it up next show. You think you're so going to we'll find it? it? Uh, From Big Daddy Kane?
3: Mr. Pitiful, but he doesn't mention Good Bar. You can look. Okay. Well, thanks for I'm Googling, thanks for Googling
0: that, Trent.
3: I don't want LL Cool J to be insulted when he's listening, saying, Hey, yo, dude, that's mine. Now I'm going to make you eat a chili dog. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Have so, guys, I
4: think we should probably at some point pivot back into... Sports.
0: No. Let's talk about the biggest football game. Let's do that coming up this upcoming weekend. The biggest? It's 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 a toss up. What do what you think? I am. Everybody's looking forward to uh, Ohio State, Penn State, and well, they should as well. They should, right? They're what top ranked, top six matchup. I think Penn State comes in at what number two. Anyway, long story short, I'm looking forward to Notre Dame and NC State. Notre Dame just beat the brakes off of USC, which had another bad week for the big uh, the Pac-12. And uh, NC State was on a bye, so they've been able to prepare two weeks for this Notre Dame matchup. I think it's in Notre Dame, but they don't have a real home field advantage. If you've ever been in there, they have kind of a flat stadium. It doesn't keep the sound in. So they're not. It's not messing with your calls. And we had last week. I think um, NC State had first team All American. Like I guess pre the final voting on both the defensive side, first team, and on the offensive side of the ball. And then the, their boy Himes, came as a junior. He was on the second team. So they. This is the best talent NC State's had since Philip Rivers. Is Chubb's finger all right? Is he just playing with a?
3: a I think they club. chopped it off. Did they? No. Ronnie Lott style? They did a Ronnie, Ronnie Lott. Beautiful.
4: No, I'm sure he'll be, playing. It he'll be playing with some kind of mechanism on there, and I don't think it's going to matter. He's he's unstoppable one way or the other. But, yeah, you're right. NC State goes to Notre Dame. I, I'm going to have to disagree with you about the home field advantage. Yeah, theirs is not a stadium that, that captures sound and it doesn't get that loud, but you're talking about Notre Dame. Dude. You're talking about hallowed ground with regard to college football. For a lot of these NC State kids, this is a once-in-a-lifetime thing. NC State – Uh, is on the road. They come in at number 14. Notre Dame is at number nine. This is an enormous game. Mm -hmm. It's an enormous game because you've got the specter of NC State running the table and being a player for a national championship. They obviously have to get through this game. On the other side of that, Notre Dame doesn't have a whole lot of challenges left on their schedule they got through USC could they be an outsider that crashes the national championship party don't know this is a huge game
0: you know I hate it for NC State because you know game day is gonna be a Ohio State you know what I mean like it would have been nice even though it would the game day wouldn't have been in Raleigh anyway I remember back in the 90s, when um, Carolina was top five and we played number one Florida State, they brought game day to Chapel Hill. That place was on
4: fire. Okay, but if if NC State gets through this game, maybe game day comes to Raleigh at some point down November. The road. 4, they've got enough going Clemson. on with enough hoopla that the game day crew being there is just another layer of it. They, these kids got everything going on in their head they can they can handle. And this is the first time in a long time that NC State's a legit player in the national championship
3: picture. What day is the Clemson? I think t- if if NC State can beat Notre Dame, then the next week in Raleigh is NC State versus Clemson. There's your answer. And so, but this is huge. Where else would they be? Now, Brandon, you may want to write this down because you said Ohio State versus Penn State. Why do I not feel like this game is that big? Because Penn State, this is really their first. Big-time challenge. It's big for Penn State to prove that they deserve to be where they are, and if they lose to Ohio State, then everyone's going to be like, eh, Penn State's not that good. I think you're Trust absolutely right. I mean, I honestly? Absolutely 100% so, yeah, agree. I think NC State versus Notre Dame, as far as playoff and more to lose, is a way bigger game than the Penn State-Ohio State game. I think that the, <laughs> depending
4: upon what the outcomes are, Yeah, but what you said about Penn State is right on. And no disrespect to anybody that's from Pennsylvania or is a Penn State fan, Penn State hadn't been very good for a long time. Mm -hmm. That's why they got disrespected last year and left out of the playoff. And Ohio State got the nod, even though Penn State beat them early on because people are like, ah, Saquon Barkley's a nice player, but it's fluky. Penn State now is staring down a game. This, during the James Franklin era – is the first time they have gone into a major game with national implications and they're supposed to win it. And they've got to go on the road to Ohio State. Woof. If they walk out of there with the W, they deserve to be the number 2 team in the country. Yeah. If they don't, they
0: will slide. I don't think very anybody quickly. disagrees. You know, here I'm going to get one prediction. Like so NC State at the beginning of the year, who picked them as their sleeper? You did. Okay. Here's another prediction. They're going to go in and under Dame, beat them. Then they get Clemson at home. They're going to beat them. Then the following week, they're going to lose to Boston College. <laughs> Write it down. That's what the Wolfpack
4: does.
5: <laughs> I just
0: wrote that down.
4: And I think that's long odds. But, you know, the crazy part about that is is if that scenario plays out, they're playing for an ACC championship.
3: And they may be in the playoffs.
0: I mean, like, they beat Louisville, which, I mean, just beat Florida State, which is a bad team. Boston College did. I'm, I'm switching gears a little bit. UVA forgot how to play football against them. They beat, beat them 41-10. to 10. Watch out for that. That is a weird trap game for NC State. Now, it might be a moot point because they might lose next week, and I don't care how many games they win after that. A two, two loss NC State teams not making it into the final playoff.
4: You're probably right. We'll be back with the last 15 minutes. Thanks for hanging out. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats with Chris Lambert, Brennan Atkins.
0: This is Jared Jones. Kristen Lambert and Brandon Atkins always help me with my draft picks, but I sure wish they would stop hanging out with Zeke Elliott.
1: My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my
0: leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion.
3: I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of.
1: At DAV, we're on a mission helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm CeCe. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org.
3: You're listening to From the Cheap Seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins.
1: But if you really want to know what's going on, Professor
3: Trent, they should listen to you and me, Diamond Dave Kaplan. We've got a better grasp on
0: sports, I think. It's astute analysis.
6: Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats.
4: All right, so we're, we're talking. Boy, that was hot. Wow, well done, Tim Kopis. Schlepp Rock, this should be the last week he's out of the studio. I hope to see him back. And he's 50 now.
0: 50! 50, oh, hey,
4: hey, my greatest. you my, know what he's getting? What's he getting? A bag of Snickers. <laughs> I'm going to stop by and pick him up some Starburst jelly beans. They'll be waiting for you next week when you come in, Schlepp. So, talking ACC football, and NC State is kind of the surprise team in the ACC this year. They sit atop. The Atlantic Conference right now at 4-0. They've still got Clemson on their schedule. And for any of those out there that are still confused, Notre Dame does play against ACC teams, but they're not really an ACC school. So they're not part of that equation. NC State just drew them this year. And really, truly, to me, it's a good thing that they did. Because I don't think that nationally people are taking NC State seriously. Um, This is a chance for them to do that. Now, if they fall short... You know, then they weren't all of that.
0: But it's still one of the better seasons they've had in a while. For sure. And I'll tell you one other thing that would be kind of interesting is if Notre Dame does win a few more games and they go in as a one loss team with no conference championship win on their. Talking about the playoffs. Yeah. Now,
4: you know, that's the kind of chaos that I like, but I don't. When I talk about I love chaos, yes, I do. Non-conference, non-Power 5 conference teams, Notre Dame in particular, no sympathy. They should not get into the playoffs under any circumstances because they, more than any other school in the entire country, have had every opportunity to join the Big Ten, the Big East, the ACC over the years. They could have joined any of them, and they've decided – now that NBC money's too much, so, we don't want to um, split it with anybody.
0: Unless they find a way to become number one in the country, which nobody would deny that's them not a gonna, spot, that's which not is gonna not going to happen. But let's they don't have say, strength
4: to schedule to do that.
0: But what you're saying, basically, even if they make it into the top four, they're mm-hmm. not in, right?
3: I would not. I
0: well, he you would not loss, put them
3: in. But I, I bet you that they will end up being in. Do you unfortunately. know?
0: Penn, Penn State fans are going to pitch a fit if that happens.
3: Well. You're putting a cart before
4: the horse. Because we, we were having this conversation. Brandon and I, our friendship was actually challenged over a conversation we had over the course of about eight hours about Georgia. He always, and if Georgia gets into the SEC championship, if Georgia wins out, gets into the SEC championship, Alabama beats them, he feels like Georgia has a good chance to get into the playoffs.
0: By a slim margin.
4: That's, he said if it's a good game. Here's – Here's, I want your perspective on this, Trent, and I want to dress this up for you. I get that you can ask the question, well, how can you penalize Georgia for playing the best team in the country, regardless of when that loss comes? My question has nothing to do with Georgia. My question is, how can you penalize the other teams out there that won their conference championship and tell them, you're staying at home, even though these, these guys just got beat, They're going to go on and play in the national championship. And here's the other crazy piece of this, is that let's say that comes to pass and that Alabama as the number one, because they're undoubtedly at this point going to be undefeated going into the SEC championship, they'll be the number one team in the country. If they beat Georgia, even if Georgia's number two at that point, the best that you could possibly reconcile would be to drop Georgia to four. Which means that in the first round of the playoffs, what would happen again? They would play Alabama. You would ha- you would really think that America wants to see Georgia play Alabama in the SEC championship, and then see them turn around and play them in the first round of the national playoff? That's dumb.
0: It doesn't matter though what the see, people want.
4: i yes, it does the because the system. people last year didn't want Penn State in the national championship playoffs, and they looked at it and were like, "Yeah, Ohio State will probably bring well, better ratings." It, it was pre- okay. Okay, no, 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 wait,
3: stop there. Ohio State will probably bring better ratings. All right. Cool. And travel better. I believe frankly. that, A, Georgia would be dropped down to five, so they don't have to deal with that, okay, if they Maybe. lost to Alabama. Okay. So, Notre Dame's number three in the nation going into the playoffs.
4: They're oh, going to even... bring ratings.
3: They're going to bring ratings. They're going to bring money. They're going to travel. They're going to travel well. So they will make a the playoffs the... over a conference championship. If there's a chance for the committee to put them in, They'll do it. If Ohio it's, State and Penn State both have two losses, or if Wisconsin comes and beats Penn State or Ohio State in the in the Big Ten, maybe the Big Ten doesn't get a team in the playoffs. I think I, I told Dame you I didn't in. want
4: Notre Dame in. Not that they wouldn't get in. Here's the thing there is a much, 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 much greater chance that Notre Dame would get in
3: as opposed to two teams from one conference. Now I would hate because I agree I agree that. If Alabama and Georgia play in the championship and they're both undefeated, whoever loses does not get into the
0: playoffs. Well, here's what's interesting because we talked about this first and now everybody's talking about it out there on ESPN. The interesting piece to that is there are a lot of smart college football people out there that's saying exactly what I'm saying, which is if Georgia loses by a very slim margin – that they will still get in. If they're number two, let me finish. No, I got Against a loss against the number one team, Alabama. But if the roles are reversed and Alabama loses by a slim margin, that their strength of schedule takes them out they probably mm-hmm. drop like six or seven spots. See, I would look, think that it would be more
3: like, reverse if Alabama them, lost to Georgia, then they would want to keep Alabama their number, Their, their will, number one will.
0: matchup was against a then thought to be really good Florida State and they suck. <clears> they yeah. lost no. three at home. And they're you know, can, look at their schedule. Can Clemson they play, Mercer. And,
3: they play Mercer in two weeks. Can Clemson and NC State play in the ACC championship game? No. No? Okay. No. Well, I was gonna say, what happens if NC State beats Clemson? You know, would they get into the playoffs? Wait a minute now! Don't forget Miami. Miami's undefeated. But is Mi- Miami could what if Miami beats Clemson? But Clemson's higher ranked. Are they going to get into the playoffs? If Miami wins out and wins the ACC championship, they're going dancing, buddy. They're going to the playoffs. Period.
4: I mean, that's a given. Miami right now six and zero. They're four and zero in conference. They are very unlikely to lose a conference game the rest of the way.
3: If yeah. Miami makes the playoffs, I want them to play Georgia. That would just be the Mike or the Mark Rick Bowl. Right. That would Wouldn't be it? amazing.
4: <laughs> I would want to see if there was a way that both teams could lose that. What here's what here's what I said Miami has very little chance of losing the conference game. Here's Miami the rest of the way. Miami plays
0: Their next North game. Carolina
4: this weekend. That's a loss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they play Virginia Tech, who's you know, got a puncher's chance. Then they have Notre Dame. Then they have UVA, and then they're at Pitt. Okay? The so, only game on there that's a question mark is Notre Dame. And, by the same token, I would say that if Notre Dame can beat NC State and then turn around and beat Miami, assuming that neither of those teams implodes, that
3: really strengthens Notre Dame's Case. But it, does that hurt Miami enough to keep them out of the playoffs if they lose to Notre Dame? If Miami,
4: because it's not going to hurt their to not, conference
3: championship. If
4: Miami loses to Notre Dame and manages to win the ACC championship, they no matter what. I don't I don't know. I don't know because when you look at Miami's schedule, Miami's strength of schedule is not great either. They need this Notre Dame win. It's tough to say, buddy. They don't play NC State during the regular season. They don't play Clemson during the regular season. They played Florida State and beat them. It's a meaningless win. You're talking about a four-loss team at this point. It was Jimbo Brown's, Jimbo Fisher's guys down there. So I think that Miami is going to run the table and be in the conference championship. But who knows? That's why we love this game. Well, who would they? Who it's do great.
3: they? They could they play NC State in the conference championship? Miami? Yes. Okay. Yes. So. If, NC, if they both have the, the one loss and NC State beats Miami, could they go to the playoffs? Will they be in the playoffs? It depends on it. All these <laughs> other variables, right? You're playing. You're, you're like a three-year-old right now. Well, could this happen? Yeah. Why? 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 There's
4: a lot of things that could happen. Oh, I'll I tell you what. I'll tell you what did happen this weekend, and it's the part that we left out, is the fact that Notre Dame beat the brakes yeah. off a of Southern Cal that's a crushing blow for the Pac-12. Pac-12's garbage. It's it's a crushing blow because now you have you've not just added an L to USC's rep, uh, resume, you've tarnished the entire conference. It's not a good conference. They don't play any defense, and now in a year where we're already,
0: mm, who's going to get left out? That's a crushing blow for the Pac-12. You know what Pac-12. I can not I really a killer you know what I really can't wait for in the playoffs is Wisconsin versus TCU. See, and that's what I'm saying, right. you I'm could th- have a, a Penn State or a, you could have a Wisconsin, a
3: Miami, a Georgia and a TCU in the playoffs. I have a feeling yeah, that's all cry. could happen.
0: I have a feeling that you love chaos. Uh you know what storms about to hit because all these different
3: <laughs> things could fall
4: into place. TCU is captain of their own destiny right now and TCU is getting better.
3: And ESPN's going to cry because all the big boys are not going to make it.
4: Well, and I don't know what's going on in Oklahoma State. We kind of jumped on that bandwagon, and that offense has come off the rails. I don't know if there's something schematically that people have caught up with, but Oklahoma State has entirely too much talent to only put up 13 points against Texas. Mm -hmm. They've fallen off. Oklahoma suddenly can't stop anybody. And it's just a mess out there in the Big 12, except that TCU just keeps pumping along.
0: Well, I mean what they, they can do. They still got to
4: play uh, Iowa State. And don't sleep on that game either. Iowa State, it was fluke-ish that they beat Oklahoma, but not a fluke. Iowa State's a good ball club. Yeah. Ask Texas Tech who they beat this past weekend.
3: And West Virginia could beat Oklahoma State this weekend. Could happen. I mean, West Virginia can run with the big boys too. Oh, they can score on anybody. Yep. Yeah. So there's a
4: lot of a lot of questions to be answered, which is what college football is all about. I will say this Ohio State-Penn State game, this is a test of James Franklin. James Franklin looking at one of the darlings in college uh, football coaching circles right now. This is a game that's not like much he's ever done before. This is where he's going in and he's not David anymore. He's Goliath. They're the undefeated big dog on the block. Ohio State's coming for them. We'll see how it shakes out. Happy Halloween. Thanks for hanging out. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Subscribe on iTunes. We love you guys.
6: Thanks. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio.